Getting a new vehicle can be stressful, but not at Lake Elsinore Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram. That's where surfers go inland to purchase their new and used vehicles. Late Night with Chalky is supported by Inherent Bummer. Surf entertainment, thoughtful writing, surf videos, music, and fresh hell for the core surf community. Remember, it's not the end of the world. Subscribe and check it all out at InherentBummer.com. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Neon Wave. Neon Wave is an internationally local shop, a concierge to the modern nomad. They bring together carefully chosen surf, fashion, art, and snowboarding gear with a curatorial eye that's drawn to the best of the best, technicality, creativity, and sustainability. Their team is born from nature, raised by the wave, and nurtured by the culture they support. This is Neon Wave. We look forward to moving forward. Check them out at thisisneonwave.com. Surfa CBD, grown by surfers for surfers to help you maintenance your body after a lifetime of surfing. Follow us on Instagram at Surfa, S-E-R-F-A, CBD. Use promo code late night with chalky at checkout for 20% off surfacbd.com. Earth Pack, customized eco-friendly retail and e-com packaging since 1989. In a time of increasing environmental awareness, Earth Pack is an advanced supplier of affordable recycled packaging for businesses of all sizes. EarthPack provides custom products and services and continues promoting sustainability while fulfilling the individual packaging needs of eco-friendly retailers nationwide. Check them out at earthpack.com. Friends and family, brothers and sisters, welcome to the Late Night with Chalky podcast. <laughs> Take two, episode two, Vipe, Viper, Vipster, Desai. Come on, bud. Let's let's get let's get the second half of your story. We're so back could again, be, round two. Well, this could round be quarter. Two. This could be like one of four parts. We don't know. Let's go <laughs> to see where it goes. So we we left off talking about Red Bull and how you helped them break into the action sports youth market. Yeah, which is really fucking mind blowing. Mind blowing. You know when 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 I st- first started working with Red Bull really didn't have an understanding of where the brand was going to go. It was really just exciting that here was a brand that was outside of our industry that had a crew of people there that wanted to connect with our sport and industry authentically and credibly. Yeah. They didn't want to be kooks coming into it. They really were like, no, we really respect this culture and this industry of action sports and all these athletes and everything. So that's what made it easier for me. It's like, you know, sitting at the table with people who are like genuine and real and not just trying to exploit our culture for the quarter. Yeah. And it's funny. I remember what you were saying, how Mountain Dew kind of did that exploit the culture. Yeah. Right. Like it was cool. They had something going, but they didn't really treat the athletes the way or portray the, the sports the way it should have been, right? Absolutely. Well, they yeah. thought that we were just kind of like a bunch of college kids, you know, derelict running around and they could just pull a fast one over on us, throw a few Which bucks. is partly true. Which yeah. is partly true. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But, you know, it's like uh, there was enough smart people to look at it and say, if our industry is going to grow and our athletes are going to have 
careers, yeah. you know, it can't just be supported by the brands in the industry yeah. and by ourselves. We have to bring in outside people. And that's what I really thought was like, you know, how do I help non-endemic brands connect with our industry authentically and credibly as opposed to like surfboards on the beach without wax, yeah. you know, yeah. or go, going in the water when it's flat, yeah. you know, and using words like extreme and all that stuff. It's like, come on, guys, that's not us. If that's you so want, funny. Like you know, small little things like that. Yeah, yeah. And they, was, they didn't want that. Yeah, it was, I mean, such an underground like sport network you know you know when the action sports were like going after everything previous was just like beer driven you know like the bud tour and everything was like alcohol and this was like you know mountain dew and then i mean it was a whole new you know well our our youth our cultures were percolating for a long time for sure finally there's more and more attention to it right more participants and more but you know the big eyes on it. Yeah, but the big thing for me was that you know, like I said earlier, it's like I was more interested in the business of surf and our yeah. industry. And one thing that pissed me off to no end was that people outside of the industry still looked at Jeff Spicoli yeah. as the ambassador of our yeah. industry. Yeah, and that pissed me off. You know, I'm like, man, there are guys earning a good living, doing good work, living their dream super passionate, not being assholes, yeah. not screwing things up or anything. And it's like, you look at the outside world still looking at us as Jeff Spicoli. Yeah, outcast. You know, and, outcast, yeah. you know, and it's like, that was one of the things that I wanted to change. So it was important for me to work with guys like Red Bull to like look at our guys a completely different way as athletes, Yeah, not, you know, dropouts and stoners and all that stuff so i had a personal mission in that to like elevate the industry that's cool well they you know like like every big brand they still exploit because it's they're there to make money but what they've done on the athlete side of training and and giving these guys you know their private courses to train on you know it's 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 so fantastic and phenomenal and it's evolved um the sport aspect of it over the years like we were just talking about how um Sorry, Landon. How uh, the how the uh, you lost back in the day we we were we were talking earlier we were talking about Kanga and PT and yeah. Sean Thompson and there was surfing was training that was their training they weren't like doing you know workouts and and if they know, did it was secretive because they yeah. want to get clowned you yeah. know like, right but they didn't yeah, really totally. most of them didn't like yeah you know they 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 were serious about the sport. For they, sure. They were passionate about it, but it was pretty much just surfing. Totally. Well, you which, look at how much shit uh, Tom Carroll got. Yeah. You know, it's like right. when it came out that he was training and yeah. then when he wore the helmet at Pipe, it's like, wait, what? Yeah. You know, it's like he really kind of pushed it to where it's like, guys, hmm. we're athletes. Yeah. You know, and I, I saw that and it's like you saw that he was ripped. You saw that he was training, running in the sand and all yeah. that stuff. Yeah. And I think it made other people think like, gosh, it's like, is this what I have to do now? It's not just a bottom turn and a snap on the lip. It's like, I've got to really change. Didn't didn't Tom Curran take ballet and stuff too? He rode... And rollerblades? And and roller skated. Roller skated. At night. No way. And build leg strength and stuff. I think he did ballet. Yeah, yeah, maybe. I don't know. Fact check. check In Japan though, he would, at night, when everybody was asleep, go roller skating to check out the city, I guess. Yeah. Well, look, I wouldn't doubt it. I mean, it's like you look at, uh, you know, current style. I mean, it's like this. 
Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. It's like lightweight cap yeah. just like sprocking on waves yeah. and everything. I wouldn't doubt it if ballet helped because yeah, sure. his style of surfing and that he had, strength, yeah. insane. Um, That's so funny. Going back to the stereotypical Jeff Spicoli, and it's kind of that, you know, the jock mentality, right? And the stereotype type of jocks. We always kind of bring this up. It's like the smartest, the, the best athletes are 99% of the time the smartest, you know? Yeah. Like the guy, like Tom Brady, the quarterback. Like for them to orchestrate... Play, you know, plays and blah, blah, blah. They have to memorize shit, right? Yeah. And be able to, like, read defense, read offense, like, you know, and then be able to act on that. Totally. You know, physically. That's, it takes smarts to, to execute that. Totally. And then you got, smarts. you know, you got, ha- you guys have, like, Magic Johnson or Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan is a, a billionaire. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's one of the greatest athletes of all time. Yeah. But he's also been shrewd enough to put himself in business propositions that turned him into a fucking brand totally and into a billionaire which is and, and that's what's cool. happening in all, all these industries these yeah. action sports industries whether it's you know skate bmx yeah. uh you know uh surf obviously skate like they've all been able to well they've elevated themselves from just being a surfer or a skateboarder or a snowboarder or a bmx or anything like that now it's like what is it? An athlete. Yeah. I'm just an athlete. And when you say and act like an athlete, it's the business side of things. Yeah. You know, hey, I got deliverables to my sponsors. I've yeah. got to present myself a certain way. And yeah. I've got to present myself this way on social media. And I got to tag my sponsors. Oh, yeah. and I've got to train. And all. I got to eat healthy. I mean, all these different things. So it's not just like, yeah, I'm a surfer. It's like I'm an athlete, yeah. and your strategy and everything goes into that. And what's what's cool is like there's so many different categories of surfing yeah. where yeah we want to watch the WSL and we want to watch amateur surfing we want to watch competitive sport but we also want to have the fucking Fred Fred Spicoli Jeff Spicoli type surfer that rips yeah be yeah. it like a hipster or stony dude it's still interesting to have that and you you still want that. To kind of like change it, give give it a different perspective, a yeah. different take. Like in and you know when you were talking about that and talking about Spicoli and somebody like Kelly, opposite spectrums, you have that in in like snowboarding too, right? Everywhere the jock snowboarder to the hippie snowboarder, yeah, the 
moto guys that are moto dirt Co- bike contest versus and then freestyle. guys like you know Deegan, Justin Mulford, yeah. Yeah. you know, like they, they're but characters. See, that's, a, that's the thing that kind of worries me about surfing right now is that I think it's you know almost too much to one side of the athletic side, you mm-hmm. know. And I, I get it. I love the surfing. The performance surfing is off the charts, and the women are even yeah. just incredible. But like, like where are the Christian Fletchers? You yeah. know, where are the Ar- Matt Archibalds? You yeah. know, where are you know these these kind of like counterculture characters yeah. that make surfing so fun and you know disruptive. Yeah, I think they're out there, and we're not looking at it because of our network, yeah. right? Yeah, because like it's funny you bring that up. Like we just had this kid Matt Tromberg, who is metal neck, right? And he videographer, yeah. photographer. Yeah, yeah, I've heard about him. Yeah, and he you know is. Talking, er, you're talking about the guys that he videos. Yeah. Oh, and really? He, okay. Yeah. Andrew Doheny and Ford Archibald. Yeah. And, yeah. Wade Goodall. Um, Wade Good, yeah. Just the Creed. Uh, what's his name? Creed Taggart. Yeah. Like counterculture dudes. Yeah. Yeah. You know that are beer drinking, piss swilling. You know, <laughs> yeah. fun, not, fun, the crazy fun part of surfing. Yeah. So yeah, it's out there. I think it's just, uh, you know, it's ca- it's ca- compartment compartmentalized yeah and if you don't look for it you won't find it yeah right yeah. so well there's no magazines out there to expose right. these guys so it's right. like you gotta sift through your instagram or yeah. hope one of your buddies posts something and yeah. you know there's all these athletes that i discovered just because of other people posting them yep. yeah and then i start following them and i'm like gosh it's like this guy's insane yeah. or this girl is insane like aaron brooks yeah oh there's my so God. many oh. radical ripper surfers i think we kind of talked about uh Jiao Chiangka or Chiamba? Did we talk about that with you? Or, I don't know. But that you know the 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 clash between him and freaking um, John John at Pipe. Yeah. Like, dude, who the fuck is this kid yeah. who just almost did he take him or did he not take him? I think he just barely lost. lost. Yeah. To John John. Yeah. yeah. In, in John John's home turf. Yeah. Like, and you, you know. 80% of the people don't know who the hell Jiao Chianka is or yeah. Chumbo or I forget his name. Yeah. 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 It's, I mean, that's the thing is, you know, sports need those kind of underdogs. Those culture kind of, needs it. Culture needs yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, all, every sport, you know, you need, yeah. you know, I wish the WSL kind of had more wild card in, in trials, you know, and, and like kind of gave that, you know, local hero or yeah. just some, somebody that's just that good, but just was never able to like, have the funds to go do the tour or just didn't get all those opportunities. Yeah. You need, yeah. You need to need disruption. You know? I, I like what uh, Peter King was posting saying, make every stop uh, a trials with trials. Yeah, for sure. Like throw the, get rid of challenger, but just throw those guys that are in the challenger. And battle it out at each in end. the trials. That's so, how it used to be, you yeah. know, it's like guys could, you know, work their way up, like with the U.S. Open, it's yeah. like all the locals got a chance to get in there and everything, and, yeah. you know, they, they'd have a chance to break through. Yeah. So, going back to that first topic, so yeah, you you wanted... Red Bull like, to yeah. highlight the athletes and... In a more professional... Well, not only professional, elevated. but it's like, yeah, I wanted them to validate the industry if you have a good non-endemic brand 
you know, doing good work with the industry, it validates it to other people to say, yeah. that's legit, Yeah, you know? Yeah. And that's what we didn't have. We didn't have a legitimate outside partner mm. validating it. So all of a sudden it's like, look at what's going on now. I mean, athletes have like electronic sponsors. Cars and cars, yeah. all this stuff. And it's because you needed a, a, a an organization like Red Bull to say, look at how we built our brand off of this sport and culture, and you can too. Yeah. So that money's flowing into the industry. That's why there's sponsors for events and everything like that, and so many different um, outside companies getting involved. I think you needed that success story, and that became a case study that, you know what? You can build a brand off of action sports, yeah. a legitimate brand. A behemoth of a brand. Behemoth. Yeah. They're huge. And and their own like channel, like doing all their own content. Like to really Red not Bull have TV? to. Red Bull TV? Yeah. That's yeah. insane. Red Bull TV has, has really, and you know, they have all their different sub channels within it. But yeah. it's like, you know, they spend the time and investment to really highlight like how crazy good and, you know, athletic these guys are and crazy, you know, yeah. like professional yeah. and everything that goes into it. And it's. It's awesome. My yeah. kids, that's like one of their favorite channels. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Have it's you, great content. Yeah. Have you watched Ripple Effect on there? No, I haven't. Not uh, yet. It's, it's older. It's called Ripple Effect. I think so. It's, yeah. And it's basically like little uh, documentaries. And they've had O'Neill. Uh-huh. They've had Bob Hurley. Oh, that's right. I did Bobby see the McKnight. one with McKnight. Yeah. 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 And then yeah. some other offshoot, the guy that created Atari or something like that. Yep. And yeah. the GoPro guy. So it's like really cool. It's like the origin stories, yeah. right? Like the ripple effect, yeah. right? Yeah. So like each person, their contribution has that ripple effect to the industry. So it's, that's a pretty good watch. Yeah, you're right. It is. So so back to you and Red Bull, like, and and I think uh, we asked you if you monetize it, and you said no. Nah, I didn't monetize it. But uh, look, the experience, the relationships, the knowledge, and everything that I gained off of it I was able to monetize that yeah. yeah you know over the years and still continue to be able to do that but uh, so, you know I just chalk it up as a great experience yeah. that I had and it's kind of like I think what's prepared me for where I'm at today yeah. and the things that I'm working on so so, so um, you were with uh, you were at an agency right yeah I was at okay. the uh, the shop okay. and then I left to start my own agency which was Propaganda HQ and I wanted to focus more on the action sports side of things so just worked with a bunch of the brands um, worked with um, a set of my own clients as well like from HBO um, Dr. Pepper and a bunch of different brands and just you know really enjoyed that creative space and thinking so was that uh, a leap of faith too like what how did you you know start on your own and, and did you come up with a business plan like no I once again I look I had no business getting involved in retail and I had no business getting involved <laughs> in an agency either but you know for me I love that challenge of teaching myself and learning so it's like I didn't have a business plan I didn't know how to make it work I was just like I want to be a consultant slash agency guy. I yeah. want to help connect the dots and bring this person over to this person and make magic happen. So for me, it was just like, okay, how do I get creative and put two and two together? Yeah. And, um, you know, I just started small working with like the couple guys that I knew really well and started putting things together, making connections. And it just continued to, you know, compound over a period of time. I learned along the way. 
And so um, what, yeah. what were you, um, what were you doing like specifically? Were you creating events like, or you see an event and you go, hey, you might be interested in this. It was a combination of everything. Yeah. I would talk to guys inside the industry of like, what are you working on? What can you help with? So um, I spoke to the guys at Billabong and you know that was one of the first really fun agency projects that I had, but sat down with them. They told me all the events that they were working on, um, everything that was coming up. And I said, okay, well, I have some relationships with Chrysler, Jeep, and Dodge, wow. you know, are you interested in anything with an automotive company? And they're like, yeah, absolutely. So I went back and I started Real talking quick, to them. Yeah. We are sponsored by Lake Elsinore, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram. Yeah, we are. Perfect. <laughs> so this is totally right in that wheel space. Yeah, I mean, look That's at- where surfers go inland to buy their new- Lake Elsinore. <laughs> There you go. That's where the good deals are. Hey, that was a perfect little segue. Yeah. Where everybody needs like a, a, a nice, sweet four by, you know, you go you go to Lake Elsinore. There you go. So, there you go. Sorry to interrupt your no, train no. of thought. So, <clears throat> Billabong, yes. figure out what they, they've got going on and see what you can propaganda well, HQ can bolt on. Well, those, yeah. those brands are putting out so much money when they're, when they're blanket sponsoring, umbrella sponsoring those events. And to have somebody else come in, you know, like a... A car dealership, or a, you know, a drink or something, just yeah. helps sweeten the deal, but also you know, lift the burden a little bit off yeah. their back. You know, totally, totally, and it brings in some funds, and I'm able to manage both sides because what I'm able to do is go, here's what Billabong needs for this to be a success, and here's what Chrysler Jeep Dodge needs to be a success. Yeah. So I'm kind of playing referee and make sure that everybody plays fair and delivers on what they said they were going to do. Because the big thing that I saw before that is like. Guys would say, yeah, let's do this deal. They'd shake hands and all of a sudden they'd be like, wait, why is this deal falling apart? You know, it's like, why are they not following through? Or we dropped the ball. Who says we dropped the ball? And then finger pointing starts to take place. So I really was acting like a buffer and a mediator to make sure that everybody was held, you know, to accountability. You said you would do this. You said you would do that. Now I got to make sure that you guys stay on task. So. You know, it, look, I'll tell you one of the funnest things I did was, um, you know, I, I, you know, showed the guys at Chrysler Jeep Dodge all the different things that Billabong was working on. And the first thing, well, I also had the case study of Red Bull yeah. to share with them as well. And I go, here's how I did it with Red Bull and here's ways I think you could do it with your brand. So the first thing they said was like, okay, well, we'd like to get involved in an ad with an athlete. Yeah. And I was like, that's great. I go, I think athletes are phenomenal. And, um, you know, they're like, okay, well, we're relaunching the PT Cruiser, okay? And I'm like, oh, okay, the PT Cruiser, you know? It's like, okay, what do you guys think? And they started telling me all this stuff, and I go, all right, I go, I think I got an athlete in mind. And uh, I presented them with Donovan Frankenrider. Yeah. Because Donnie was on Billabong and everything. I go, Donnie's got the look, he's got the style, he's a musician, yeah. he's, he's got this really cool package and everything, and he loves the environment too. So it's like the whole package. So I talked to Donnie and I'm like, hey, what do you think, PT Cruiser? And he goes, fuck yeah, you know? It's like if I get <laughs> a car out of it, yeah. I'm like, okay, well, I might be able to do better. I think I can get you a car and a salary. And he's like, really? So I got him a car and a salary. That is incredible. And so, what, a, what a great mix because not anybody that in our industry would know how to pair that up if they you know if, if right if the, if the auto industry is looking to like parlay 
who do they, you know, how do they get in touch with somebody like you? You, you made, that's an, I mean. So, <laughs> backtrack a second. What was the Billabong event? Was it a contest? Um, the Billabong event, what did we do? Um, you know, the Billabong uh, thing was really just promotional more than anything. Um, we did a couple of different things. Um, like when um, Taylor came out with a new video, Andy was in it and everything, and they wanted to throw a huge like video release party and everything. Okay. So I worked my magic with some of my network, and I brought in Jeep as a sponsor, but I secured... Um, uh, this guy, oh my gosh, I don't know why I'm forgetting his name. He's huge, huge music producer out of LA. His name's David something. Geffen. Uh, not David Geffen, it's a different David, but I mean, dude, he's got this incredible house, or he had this incredible house in Malibu that was like the front yard was like a giant, like as big as a football field. Okay, I literally. remember when they had a party there. We had a party there. <laughs> he's not rich. Yeah, I mean, loaded, <laughs> yeah. and we're like, um, he was really, he, he had, uh, I think he was part of the Jenner clan and okay. everything like that, too, so the, there was that whole celebrity component, and I'm like, hey, can we throw a party at your house? And he's like, yeah. So I started working with his assistant, I go, we want to have surfers here, we want to have VIPs, we want to show the video, and we want to have a fun time. I think we heard think? about this. Yeah. We, we talked to somebody about that. Yeah. Yeah. I forget who. Well, it was in the boost days and everything, too. Yeah. So, like, you know, boost uh, got a helicopter, landed Andy and everything, and Andy came out. But we had Jeep come and sponsor it. And I go, hey, if you guys want to connect with the industry, yeah. this event is the way to do it. So we produced the event. Nice. Okay. And we got Jeep to come in to help underwrite it and everything. And Billabong walked away just going, wow. Yeah. You know, we just elevated the elevated everything it's like we didn't just you do it at worlds a, collide there oh yeah but it's like that's what we needed and that's what we, you know yeah. what needed to happen for the sport and it's like gosh do we need to go to the movie theater again and do a red carpet walkthrough it's yeah. like why don't we blow people away and it's like we're at the malibu mcmansion yeah at one of the most successful record producers in the world mm -hmm. and he's opening us his private his residence. private residence for free Okay, and like people were tripping out. I mean, the, the, it had a trolley that went from the first floor to the top of the hill, you know, to transport people back and forth. He had his own trolley. I mean, it was insane. He's throwing parties every week, though. Come on, oh this is just one of this is a, hey, Oh, he had Grammy maybe, parties. We, maybe there. could fit you in. Let me check the party schedule <laughs> of the house. <laughs> oh yeah, but it was fun, you know. So yeah. that was one of the events. But like you know, connecting them with other initiatives. Um, but feel, making know, those could, athletes feel like rock stars too, you know? Totally. Like oh, it's like, gosh. hey, they're. You know, they're there to celebrate what they've accomplished and, you know, it's a, yeah. it's a party, but yeah. yeah. A free like fucking car and a salary? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty, yeah. That's pretty amazing. But it was putting everything together going, hey guys, you want Donnie, you got to pay up. And yeah. they were like, really? And then it's like the other thing I threw in there was, well, Donnie's got this new like little CD coming out. I think you guys should pay for the production of it and put it in all of your cars or give it to all your dealers. And they're like, that's a great idea. Wow. So I got them to pay for pressing of Donnie's CD, his first CD as well. So he's got a car. He's got like, I think, 50,000 CDs that have been given to him yeah. by the company and pressed. And Why all this is stuff. his kid's name Hendrix and not Vipe? <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. We, we're going to need to talk about that. Right? Right? Exactly. <laughs> But it was fun, you know? Yeah. It's like it was super fun hooking up an athlete like Donnie, oh, you know? It it's is. like I loved the music, I loved his vibe and everything that he but, stood but for. But we're talking about the PT Cruiser. It's not a car that a surfer yeah. necessarily is going to be stoked on getting. Yeah. He had to find the one guy that is like... Fits the mold. 
For sure. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. that's why, you know, when they told me PT Cruiser, in my mind, the only guy on Billabong's roster that would work was Donnie. Yeah. Okay. And I was like, and even then, I'm not sure if, like, that's, you know, his style. I think Donnie would be more of a truck guy. Okay. But Donnie's like, PT Cruiser? Heck yeah. Those things are rad. Yeah. Because yeah. it had a bit of that retro vibe, which sure. Donnie was about. So it yeah. was like, if this works, it's going to work rad. It's a and rock star was, car. He was all yeah, in on it. It was it's rad. A, it's a per, you know, he, he, yeah, it's he, a character car. He because, made it. He made it cool. He totally made it cool. And the other thing too is that it was also about leveraging and elevating that relationship. So the other thing that um, I thought of was um, at that time, Surfrider Foundation was reaching out to me as well, saying, "Hey, we'd love to work with you. Can you do some creative work for us?" And I was like, "Well, what do you need?" And you know, uh, one of the things Can, I thought about was, yeah, how many events did you do like this um with on your own propaganda hq oh i th- probably did maybe a couple dozen like i wow. helped with the launch of hbo's entourage what yeah so they they reached out to me and they said hey you know we're doing this full vip party for entourage um and i'm like okay i don't know what that is but they sent me the trailer to it and i was like oh this thing looks pretty cool one of the best series ever yeah, yeah. one of the best series ever i got a good story about entourage too if you guys want to hear it yeah of so anyways so, um, you know, they called me up and they're like, we want to have rad giveaways for our VIPs and sunglasses is one of them. What do you think? And I'm like, oh, let me call up my friends at Dragon and I'll work a deal. So I called up Will and I go, guys at HBO want to do this full VIP party. I need 250 sunglasses. Um, you know, what can you do? And they're like, how much of a deal? And I go, just whatever you think is fair. And I go, great. You know, they gave me a price and I go, that's what you want? And they go, yeah. And I go, okay, done. And boom, you know, just yeah. got that. So did. they didn't donate it. They No, they, they paid, paid for, for it. it. I told the HBO guys, I go, You're, yeah. I'm not going to ask my friends to give you something for free. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You guys got to pay up. Yeah. So for Dragon, it was like a windfall. They were like, yeah. we just sold 250 glasses. You know, yeah, for a mega hit for exactly, TV show. At that they time, didn't know it, what it they, was going to yeah, be. Yeah, at that time, nobody knew what it yeah. was going to be. It but, was like but anything free. with HBO attached to it, you're you're gonna get. No, back no. then, it, back then, HBO what isn't what it is today. It, Entourage, I would say, is what the started that series. Like one of the first series yeah. they produced as. But HBO is pretty fucking. Well it's known. Been, oh, definitely yeah. well known for but, sure. But, but as a company, yeah, you you you. You don't want to buy your way into something to make yourself cool, you know? So right. it's like, you know, you wanted to make sure it's like, look, we could get it in here. We want to make sure both parties are getting some out of this yeah. totally. before you even know, that, you know, what's going to happen down the line. Like, yeah. you know, this could have been a one, this could have been a pilot show, could yeah. have been one season, whatever. It could have been one show and done. And you don't think yeah. about that. It's like, hey, you guys want to work with us? This is, you know, this yeah. is business. Yeah. So it was, it was fun, you know, being able to put those types of deals together and it became... You know, known that it's like, hey, if you want to connect with people in the action sports industry, go to Vibe. So I'd work with folks in L.A., I'd work with the record labels, I'd work with the movie studios, I'd work with the outside brands. I'd go to all these outside events to meet people and just say, hey, I'm your connection into the action sports industry if you want something. You know, so it was fun working on That's a different project. rad little niche you, you know, not stumbled upon, but... You know. Stumbled upon is the right phrase for sure. I yeah. mean, I, I had no idea where it was going to go. For yeah. me, it was really just 
how do I, you know, enjoy what I love doing? Yeah. And that's it. And that shows because it went from surf shop to putting on an event just for like, you know, hey, promote the shop and all of our friends at surf and snowboard to ESPN picking up on it because you guys did a great job. Yeah. yeah. You know, to then that parlaying to Red Bull. And then now it's like, you know, you're working and, and you saw probably an opening like, wow, you know, there's a lot of brands that obviously want into this mm-hmm. industry. Oh, yeah. You know, there's a lot of. There was a ripple effect yeah. with that, you know? It's like, you know, Red Bull really became the hub of all of these people realizing what was possible. And you look and see, like, the training that people got out of Red Bull and what they did when they went to GoPro, you know, and yeah. when they went to... Is it all- the same kind of group that... Yeah, same okay. kind of group went over there and everything. There was a lot of crossover and everything, you know, so they kind of did the same thing with the electronics model. And then you saw the same thing happen with like the skull candy guys and everything, you know? So it's like they kind of took that Red Bull model and replicated it in their own way, shape or form. So it was cool to see this like ripple effect happening was like, you know. It's so crazy. I haven't heard skull candy in a while. Yeah. And skull candy was gigantic. Gigantic, yeah. Huge. Killer logo, killer name. Everything, yeah, yeah, just spot on yeah. in the time. Oh, yeah. They, they crushed it. They crushed it. Yeah. They're still doing pretty good. Yeah. You know? They're but, still doing good, but not like what they used to. Yeah. Mainstream. Yeah. They're still killing it mainstream. But you know, like the other thing that happened... Fucking Apple to- just crushed them <laughs> fucking all. Yeah. Oh, you guys want to get in the headphone game? Okay, yeah. bitches. Beats. <laughs> Beats, line it up. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But you know, one of the other fun things that happened with the relationship with like, you know, PT Cruiser, Chrysler Jeep Dodge, that whole crew and Donovan and everything was that... You know, I got the opportunity to connect with the Surfrider Foundation. And that was really kind of like the other part of my journey um, of where I'm at today is that, you know, Surfrider reached out and they said, hey, you know, can you do some creative work for us? And, you know, I started thinking about it going, gosh, you know, Donnie is outspoken about Surfrider. He loves the ocean, talks about it all the time. Maybe I can get the Chrysler guys to fund some initiatives. So... I talked them into creating a whole like PSA campaign with Donovan for Surfrider Foundation. Wow. So they paid for me to create this whole series of ads with Donovan, okay, in the PT Cruiser. And we wrote up like a little testimonial and everything about why protecting the ocean is important and everything and put Surfrider's logo on it. And the car was just in the background. So it yeah. wasn't even a Chrysler yeah. ad. It was just like... Product placement. Product placement. <laughs> Which it's is sometimes better. The, yeah, the best advertising yeah. you could have. You totally, know? totally. And that's exactly what happened. You know, we created it and I sent it over to the guys at Surfrider and then the guys at Surfer and Surfing Magazine saw it and they were like, we want to run this ad. And it's like, yeah, go right ahead. You know, it's a PSA. It's for you guys, you know. Yeah. And all of a sudden, it's like people are like, the, the Chrysler guys are like, there's a full page ad in Surfing Magazine with Donovan. Yeah. What's that all about? And I'm all like, that's what you paid for. You know, it's like if you, <laughs> okay, you, free you guys got ad. a free ad yeah. in the magazine with Donovan as a public service announcement of Surfrider Foundation. Yeah. And they were like scratching their heads going, how did this happen? That's yeah. why we get free PT cruisers. That's why we got a salary. Yeah. And that's why his kid's name should be Vipe. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Here, Donnie, rename your kid or have another one and name him Vipe. There you go. But it was fun seeing that, you know, and I got to learn about Surfrider Foundation a lot more and the work that they did. And I got closer with them and we turned that ad campaign into something bigger with other athletes. 
and I just continued to pump them out and everything. So it was super fun. And, you know, that's when, uh, you know, I kind of got my first little board service. Uh, they asked me to join their board of directors. Wow. So I got to sit at the table with all these really smart people strategizing of Surfrider's mission and programs and, you know, what they were going to do and everything. So it really gave me a different look on philanthropy. Well, you know, like those type of foundations and organizations kind of appeal to the people that have money, you know, put a little extra, they've been around, they kind of have a better perspective on, and you're going after that, you know, with Donovan at the time, like a younger, like, you know, trying to... Spokesperson. Yeah, trying to yeah. trying to bring that knowledge down to the youth, you yeah. know, because it's every little bit helps. It's not just the big donors, it's about, you know, connecting all the dots all the way through, and if you could get, a, you know, those guys involved at a young age, it's a win-win. Well, yeah. they're the... Yeah. They're the early influencers back then. For right? sure, yeah, yeah, totally. And the PSA is. And a, I mean, come on, it's for Surfrider Foundation. You need they needed a, a spice it up and they needed to little, spice it up you exactly know, for sure. You know, and they wanted to connect with athletes and everything too, and they didn't know how. So I brought Pat O'Connell hmm. in, and I'm like, Pat, I want to start a Surfrider Foundation ambassador team with athletes, and he was like, Yeah, we're in. He got like all these athletes. He got Andy. Um, you got Lane Beachley. I mean, it's like it was killer how we lined up these athletes to be spokespeople and ambassadors for Surfrider Foundation. And once again, it was just kind of like understanding what Surfrider needed. And they had the ask. And it was like, you know, for me to say, I got a relationship with Pat. He's the guy to ask. And here's how to make the ask. And Pat should make it. And all these guys lined up. So yeah. just yeah. And really fun. Going back to stereotype, and you, you think of Pat O'Connell and think of him being the little grommet, like on Endless Summer 2. Yeah. Toe head, no, you know, sandal wearing, barefoot dude for most of the time. Yeah. And he's basically like a little pixie, yeah. right? Yeah. But he's one of the fucking smartest dudes. That, so smart. You know, so smart, very articulate. He's been really successful heart. in our industry. Totally. Right? So, yeah, I mean, well, look, one I'm of the best big, surfers, too. Well, look, yeah. I'm a big believer, and this is one of the things that I'm working on right now through SEMA, which we'll get to that organization later. But I'm a huge fan of athletes that are given opportunities to get in the industry, mm -hmm. you know, because they have that competitive drive. And you can't get that anywhere. I mean, look, Jay, you're a perfect example, but yeah. Kelly Gibson, I remember when Kelly walked into my store the first time, I mean, he was a nervous wreck, <laughs> you know, well, it's like he had no idea what he was stepping into, yeah. you know, from the Jersey to a sales guy, yeah. you know, but like, look at where he went. Um, Scott Farnsworth, oh, yeah. dude. you know, Barney. Pat, you know, so many of these guys, you know, are Jeff Booth. Like, yeah, Booth. Boothy, yeah. all these guys, there's so many of them. So I'm, I'm a huge proponent of helping athletes transition into the industry yeah. rather than like getting them kicked to the curb and it's like well maybe you can do you know real estate or mortgage hey i do know. real estate too <laughs> so speaking about that you yeah, know you're multitasking yeah. yeah yeah no that's okay anybody that needs a, uh, a deal on buying or selling let me know exactly nothing wrong with that at all but you know look guys like you should be you know given an opportunity to get in the industry For as sure. opposed to like you know sorry the door shut you know, it's like yeah. if you can't put a jersey on and, you know, it, uh, we can't pay to put a sticker on your board, yeah. your ass out. It's like, 
you know, you're able to step into it and that's what I really enjoy. So I want to help athletes find their way into the industry so we don't forget about them. But there's, I mean, that's a, the success story about athletes is insane in our industry. Yeah. And that's commendable too, because it's like, you don't know what hidden talents these guys have, you know, you know, yeah. you know who they are, you know, as an athlete in the water with a jersey or, you know, what type of person they are, but it's a small world and people know, oh, hey, you should give you know, so-and-so is shot. That guy's smart. He's quick. You know, everybody has their little, yeah. you know, hey, plug and play and see see where he ends up, you know. But they hey, shameless work. plug real quick, guys. <laughs> Big, huge plug here. A PSA. Look, uh, if you're a surf industry brand out there looking for somebody, my boy Jeff Deffenbaugh is like Diva. gold. Diva. Gold, yes. get him in. I love that guy. You know, it's like I've always he's a successful he's... business owner now, though. Yeah. yeah, but you know what? It's like he's working his ass off, you yeah. know, with his pool service and everything. But yeah. dude, that guy is a, a hidden talent. He'd so be good. good in our industry. He'd he's be really so good. good. Yeah, um, we love you, Deba. Before we forget, you mentioned you had an entourage story. Yeah. Okay. So good call, Linda. Oh, good, good memory. Okay. So, so that's why I'm here, bro. Funny entourage story that happened a few years ago. So. Entourage, huge hit. Huge. Huge hit. Okay, so all of a sudden, um, Adrian Grenier, the main actor, Vince, um, you know, his team reaches out to me a couple of years ago. And they're like, hey, we're looking at launching an uh, environmental nonprofit, um, and your name keeps coming up as somebody that we should talk to. And um, so I met up with him and his executive director, Hey, real quick, how rewarding is that, you know, to hear that somebody says to you, your name keeps coming up? Yeah. It's pretty, pretty cool. And, you know, it's cool, but it's also surreal in that it's like, are you, you guys sure you're calling the right guy? D-E-S-A-I. Yeah. You know, it's like, there's a, is there another guy that's imitating me? You know, it's like, what are you talking about? But it is, it is an honor and it just shows that it's like, I think I've, done the right things along the way that the yeah. reputation is out there but when you get a call from and when he called me he was like a plus guy yeah you know and he's still an a plus guy you know um but they reached out and they said we'd like to meet and talk to you about our nonprofit and tell us what you think and you know i sat up sat down with them and you know i i was kind of honest and i go guys i go nothing here impresses me you know i go damn i go i go I go, there's 20, 30 nonprofits that do exactly what you say you want to do, and they're doing it better than I think you guys can. So go back, you know, flush things out and get back to the drawing board and come back to me with what you want to do. I go, you need to really rethink your program. So they came back a few months later and they go, okay, here's what we're thinking. What are you thinking? I go, now you're talking. Now, Now this is what I can get excited about. So I started talking to them, flushing out some ideas and everything, and um, you know uh, they were really happy with uh, what I shared. And they go, "Well, do you want to, you know, be on our board of directors?" And I was like, "Well, I don't know. I mean, you know, do I need to be on there? I'm happy to just help out." And they're like, "No, we'd like you to." So I joined the board of directors, the advisory board for Lonely Whale Foundation, and. Um, you know, it came time to like go ask people for money, and I connected them with a huge donor. Wrote a big check. Lonely Whale. No, Lonely Whale Foundation. Really cool organization. I think they do incredible work. They still do really good disruptive stuff. Um, but you know, I helped them land one of their first major donors, six nice. figures. 
and everything and yeah. you know so fun fun story you know they're a great crew doing so if good adrian stuff. has a kid it's got to be bite yeah, for sure, for sure. That's what I'm calling. Yeah, that's what yeah. I'm calling. There might be too many vibes out there at that point. You know. Well, I mean, it's 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 great. You know, people that have that kind of success and money, and then they and then they go want to give it back. You know, yeah. and to be involved in that at any level is is awesome. It's funny because, like, you know, what you're what you're doing sounds easy. You know what I mean? And but it isn't easy because it's it's years of networking yeah. and the ideas are unique like no one no one did it you did it you know what i mean which yeah. is really cool that you know when i say it's easy it's it's not because your your experience and your you know hard work formulated those it opens, ideas. It opens opportunities yeah like all yeah. all your success and hard work keeps opening up New doors. Yeah. Because, you know? totally. I mean, you yeah. built that network to where, you know, yeah, your name's been mentioned a bunch of different times. And right? you're, yeah. you're doing what you're, you're passionate about, and you're just happy to work with people that are like-minded and are cool, but yet, like, new opportunities keep yeah. popping up. And popping up all the time, and that's the thing. It's like I gave up on consulting, you know, because, you know, I was doing consulting work, and I was like, gosh, it's like, you know, I feel like I've got all this knowledge in me. Yeah. And to you know, put a meter on it and say, you know, pop a quarter in and, you know, I'll talk, you know, it's like, I just felt like, you know, gosh, it's like, I should be giving this away because I've been so, you know, it's like, I just have, I, I just had so much, you know, knowledge and I'd already experienced success and everything in my own way that it's like, well, gosh, why don't I just give it away? Because that also keeps me fresh because I hear other ideas. Yeah. And it's so rad to see other people live their dreams while I'm living mine. So for me, you know, it, it's it's been really fun. It's like I love what I do and I love giving back to people in the industry, especially people that are starting businesses. That's the most fun thing ever. Yeah. It's okay. I mean, I just look at it as like, you know, you're you're – you're helping people, but a lot of times they might just need to bounce their ideas to get it validated and say, hey, like, yeah, you don't need my help. You're already on track. But, you know, and yeah. like just to give them that little bit of encouragement and confirmation of like, like, uh, you, don't, you don't need to pay me. Like, you know, yeah, I'm just I, here to support you. It's funny, totally. though, like he told them, you guys got to go the, back to the drawing board. Yeah. What, what you're doing is not unique. It's not interesting. You should go back and well, because he wants them out. to be successful. It's like you're just going to get. I know, but you're going to fall the wayside. After, yeah, you know, these people have egos, and oh, yeah. you know, it's. But <laughs> hey. I have nothing to lose at that point. It's right. like, hey, look, you know, it's like you can, you know, you can hate me because I told you the truth. Yeah, you know, but if it helps you from failing, you know, then that's my goal. Is like, yeah. I don't want to see you fail, so I'm sorry yeah. if what I'm telling you hurts yeah. you. You know, I'm not trying to do that. I'm yeah. trying to, to you, help you. You, to you be reached successful. out to me for a reason, yeah. and this is the reason. You yeah. know, even though it hurts to hear, but you know, it's better right. for you in the long run. Now, when when you talk about getting on a board, yeah, like not a surfboard, a I board. Know. Yeah. yeah, okay. The, the yeah. board of directors are. Yeah. Now, do you get paid for that? Like, what's the, what's the allure or the prestige or the payout? When that, when, you know what I mean? Because that's interesting to me. Yeah. Know? Okay. Probably so a little beach. It, well, here's the thing. It's it's a little both totally. Yeah. Okay. But here's how it works. On a nonprofit board, mm -hmm. it's pay to play. So I have to pay 
to be, be on the nonprofit board. That's part of my contribution to support the organization. Okay. So it's pay to play. They call it give or get. You either give X amount of dollars or you help to, you know, raise X amount of dollars. So every board member on a nonprofit has to earn their keep. Wow. You know, so uh, there's that side of it. And then on a corporate board, um, I got appointed to my first corporate board, I think in 2010. And those pay. So that's fun. It's like, uh, you know, I had no idea. I'm like, man, it's like, uh, I'd love to get on a corporate board someday, but I don't even know how. And sure enough, an opportunity presented itself with a good friend of mine. And uh, it was a good run. And I learned It's like a when lot. you get that one magic board. Yeah. And, and, and you just keep, you want to think, yeah, you just want it to last for forever. Yeah. Like, so <laughs> when on the board, you just help uh, steer the ship. Yeah, what it is is um, you're, you're pro- ideas and- well, you're providing uh, counsel to the CEO and the CFO and the leadership team. So they're presenting their plan. Here's what we're going to do. Here's why we're going to do it. And here's where we're headed. Any questions, yeah. any concerns. And they look at guys like me and other folks on the board to kind of bring in our outside industry experience of like, here's what's going on in the real world. Now let me share my unfiltered, you know, thoughts as to what I'm hearing. Have you considered this? Do yeah. you know about this? What are your thoughts of this happened? So yeah. we're really, you know, counsel and advisors and mentors yeah. and cheerleaders for the team. So it's like, I don't meddle in the day-to-day stuff, yeah. you know, I just work big with picture. this big picture CEO, everything's being done by the books, nothing's illegal, yeah. you know, all that stuff. We're dealing with other people's money, yeah. investors' money, SEC oversight and all that stuff. So there, that's where all that experience comes in and the maturity of like listening, mm-hmm. understanding how to read P&L statements and, yeah. you know, all that and going, okay, is everything okay? And making sure that we're advising as best possible it's pretty amazing to think about a person like you who's an entrepreneur who's created their own businesses success success for others and then literally have a part-time job being you know let's say let's say you, you killed it and you made a bunch of money and you don't have to work but these places need a board of directors or whatever right yeah. and they're like, hey, Vibe, you know, you're good at this. Like, get on over here. Get on board. Yeah. And you could do that for a bunch of different companies. Well, and that's not a bunch of, of different ones. I, I try and keep it to a minimum of like three because there's a lot of work that goes into it on a quarterly basis. <laughs> it's quiver. It's, yeah. It's three boards. Three okay? board quiver. Yeah. That's it. You can three go board. anywhere around the world in a three board quiver. Yeah, exactly. Anything more than that kind of gets a little overwhelming because at the quarterly calls, there's a lot of stuff to read. And yeah. sometimes that happens within a two week span. So I don't want to. This is you business know. 101. Yeah, right you now. want to give them your, you know, best, yeah, yeah, feedback and intentions and everything. Yeah, you don't want to be stretched too thin. Totally, yeah, totally. So three's so, max. Three's max. So that yeah. So yeah. board directors for and they're diverse, different companies. You know, um, fortunately, unfortunately, I you know I'm not good at this stuff. But I got pulled into the commercial real estate world, mm. and I know very little about commercial I, real estate. I, I, that's on your list of many boards. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So the commercial real estate thing was really interesting to get looped into, and um, you know, when I asked the guy who 
invited me to join. He's a pretty big deal in the real estate industry um, and a very successful, highly respected guy. And, you know, you drop his name and people are like, how do you know that guy? That guy doesn't know a peon like you. <laughs> and I'm like, he asked me to join. And you have no experience yeah. in the real estate? No experience whatsoever <laughs> in commercial real estate. And I'm like, how does a guy at the top of his game highly respected reach down into this like surf turkey and go that's a guy i want on my board you know and you know it was that that friendship and understanding and history of like my thinking and he goes i need a disruptor like you on my board this is exactly what i want and i'm like well i don't know anything about commercial real estate so if this thing goes south you know it's on you (laughs) not on me yeah he goes this thing ain't going south and you know i got in there i started to learn the language of commercial real estate and everything and um you know uh we we did okay we took the company from zero to 450 million and it became a, public, <laughs> became a publicly reporting company and then I was, what's it called uh back then it was called richuncles.com and it was it's a it's a phenomenal model you know it's about how to help people build wealth through smaller fractional investing in commercial real estate and I loved it because it was like for me it was like Red Bull it was just democratizing and disruptive putting together a group to buy a bigger like REITs exactly REITs exactly but because of the Jobs Act of 09 it lowered the barrier for people to get involved so Mm -hmm. you could invest as little as $500 alongside a guy who was investing a million dollars yeah you know and now you have you know uh, uh, dividend rep income coming in yeah. and you could build wealth so it was really exciting to see how it could help you know non-institutional investors get involved in commercial real estate because that's where a lot of wealth and is. or yeah like there's that threshold you know it's like hey there's deals out there but it's like you know they're pretty massive you know yeah. it could be in the six figures or it could be in the high you know yeah. like fifty thousand minimum buy-in and not everybody could participate at that level you know and you're totally. saying it was the bar was lowered down to like 500? Yeah. Who, Where was I? Who, uh, how did he find you? Like, uh, Through the surf industry. Just through, the, so um, his name's Ray Werda. Uh, Ray is the current chairman and former CEO of CB Richard Ellis. Um, and Ray came to some fundraisers and we met and then a mutual friend connected us when Ray was starting this Rich Uncles concept and everything and said, you know, Fipe would be a good guy for you to put on your board and, you know, met up with Ray and, uh, you know, he said, hey, I'd love to have you on the board and uh, went from there. How many years? Uh, gosh, I think uh, maybe six years, yeah. six, maybe seven years. And then um, my and- exit was uh, they asked me to um, facilitate a transfer of a portfolio of properties it was either going to be a sale a merger or a liquidation of a 145 million dollar portfolio and they put me in charge of it and I'm all like once again <laughs> you know I know nothing about commercial real estate but um, a, lot of money. a lot of money and you know I just kind of put on my big boy pants and put on my adult hat and everything and I went to town working with the legal team and the brokerage team and everything and just looking at how we're going to facilitate this and it was really them that did all the work i was just kind of like supervising supervising and overseeing it and everything pretending to play you know (laughs) sorry shareholders um but uh you know uh successfully um you know recommended a merger 
take place. And I thought that was the best thing for shareholders and everybody involved. And the board approved it and merger took place. And, um, you know, that was the end of my board position. I've worked myself out of a job by <laughs> getting that done, you know, but it was rad, you know, because then the, another company came along and said, hey, we really like what you've done over here. And um, same industry, same or? industry, same industry. And they said, you know, would you would you like to come over here? And I'm like, sure, you know, if you guys want me. Um, but it's been fun. You know, it's, it's helped me a lot in understanding how to you know, present myself in, in a boardroom with, you know, high net worth players and everything and present myself and my position yeah. and everything. But it's also, once again, all these experience over the years, you know, have helped me to get to where I am today. You yeah. know, it's like I wasn't looking for a job, you know, and all of a sudden it's like, you know, the SEMA position opened up and people are like, you're the perfect guy for it. And I'm like, well, I don't know if I want a job. You know, I'm kind of happy doing my own thing and, you know, it just worked out. So I'm, I'm stoked where I'm at now, but there's so many things that led up to this. You know, it's like, I think learning about these different industries, yeah. continuing to accumulate experience, um, all on the back of my passion for surfing and everything. It's, that's why it's like, I'm like, I'm getting paid from this commercial real estate company to sit on a board. I'm going to give all of my experience away to any surf turkey that comes along yeah. you know it's like why wouldn't i you yeah. know share, yeah share the knowledge and it's like hey, hey this is probably out of your wheelhouse just like it was for me but there's you know this is an opportunity over here totally yeah. totally so i want to see guys succeed and then you know i got involved in a lot of uh uh ocean related causes and everything and really you know i think one thing that I did, which I'm really stoked on, is really blending the voice of the business community with the environmental community. And, you know, I'd say if out of all the things that I've done, I think uh, being invited to testify before Congress twice mm. was probably like a highlight for me of like, you know, gosh, I get to, you know, take the voice of the industry you know, and protecting the ocean and present it in front of lawmakers and say, hey, guys, here's why we need to protect our ocean, because our coastal economies yeah. and these industries rely on a healthy ocean. So, you know, that to me has been kind of like the highlight in my life. None of this other stuff. That's fun. Yeah. But like to be able to look at it and say, gosh, I'm giving something back. Well, you're not in you're not in it for the money, which sometimes people that are in that position that go to speak have some you know, some alternative motives or they're getting paid for some other businesses and stuff. Totally. So it's like to have somebody authentic that's like from, hey, you guys, I, I'm a surfer. I'm, I grew up. This is what I want to protect. Protect. I didn't see the ocean until I was like, what age? Yeah, like you eight know? or nine. Eight yeah. or nine, you yeah. know, like, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, that's incredible. And you also got awards from the city of LA, Certificate of Appreci Appreciation. And you got a couple others I saw in here. <laughs> like this guy, yeah, congressional, like, what, what do they call it? Like, uh, the Congressional rec uh, rec Recognition Certificates yeah. Yeah, for the work, uh, you know, but that, once again, I attribute that to, you know, the industry. You know, it's like, I think, you know, the industry and all these organizations like Surfrider and Oceana, you know, it's like talking to them, talking to guys in our industry and everything. It's like, okay, let me take your voice up to Congress. You yeah. know, let me let me take your voice up there. If you don't mind me asking, what were the so commercial real estate for one board? Was there other industry boards that you were on? I was on a, a super brands board 
for a little while. The, the brand, the brand Super. Super. Okay. Yeah, I was on there yeah. uh, for a little while and just helping them to kind of facilitate what their next move was going to be. Um, that was fun, yeah. you know, helping those guys out. Um, and really, it's been commercial real estate, you know, for the most part. But I've got uh, three boards that I'm kind of interviewing with right now. And I'll probably only be able to take on one, yeah. if at all. But they're outside of the industry. Um, and, you know, they're fun. It's like they'll, they'll challenge me to learn and bring yeah. knowledge in and everything. So, so going back to Surfrider, mm-hmm. um, did you start working for Surfrider? No. Or no. you so, just were on the board? Yeah, so yeah. I was on the board. And then what I did was when I had my agency, I was doing pro bono work for them. So it was really just like anything you need done. Our, my agency will do it. You need okay. a flyer laid out, you need a card, you need design work, just call up, you know, our guy and, you yeah. know, it's on the house. So did you have like a agency office? Did yeah, you? I had okay. an office in Laguna Beach. Nice, yeah, nice. Yeah, really cool office, had a handful of guys working for me and just super talented, yeah. fun group of people. And How many know, people did you employ? I think at one time there was a total of like five of us. That's so... See, that's another rewarding accomplishment of being an entrepreneur and providing a, a livelihood for other people. Totally. You know? Totally. Yeah. And you know what? I always looked at it like my role was not necessarily to employ people, but to be a stepping stone for their next career. You yeah. know, it's like there were guys like, you know, when Chad was working for me, you know, at H2O, you know, it's like. Chad Denena, Chad Denena Nixon. from yeah. Nixon, you yeah. know, it's like when, you know, I knew that I could not give him the career he deserved. So like, I remember when he told me that, you know, he was going to go to work for Transworld, I knew that he was bummed to leave the shop. And I think he felt that he was letting me down by leaving. But in my mind, I was ecstatic. Yeah. I was like, dude, this is exactly. You won the lottery, bro. Well, this is the, <laughs> this is what this position is about. It's yeah. a stepping stone. This isn't the end game. Yeah. You know, it's like, of course, I'm stoked for you to go to Transworld. You know, it's like I'm stoked for guys to step into the industry and the career. And it's the same thing that happened, like with my agency. You know, it's like when I shut down my agency. You know, it's like I wanted to make sure that I could help my guys get placed yeah. somewhere. Why, why did you shut it down? Uh, I got recruited to go work for a company hmm. and, uh, you know, uh, uh, it was, uh, it's kind of a sore subject. Like, <laughs> you know, I, I, I'll, I'll tell you guys right now, I make a bad employee. I'm not a good employee, yeah. you know, and, uh, and part of it is just because I think I've been an entrepreneur for so long that I have a different mentality. I don't fall in line. It's yeah. like, I, I list, I look at what the problem and I want to approach it as if it was my problem instead of the company's problem. But that doesn't, yeah. that doesn't necessarily work in the hierarchy of the professional, it, in the it, professional world. Like totally. You, you, yeah, you go, it just doesn't mesh well. Yeah, it doesn't mesh well. So I knew that was going to be short-lived. Was, but, that, was that another hydration? Uh, it was an energy drink company. Energy drink company. Yeah. Because on here, you know, you, you know, Red Bull, you know, kicked it off. Yeah. You, you learned a lot, but there are some other energy. Yeah drinks or yeah stuff. well I did my own beverage company yeah. for a while as well you know I looked at that as something I wanted to get into and you know that was a perfect example I met a lot of people um loved building that brand but I'll tell you it's like one of those things where it happens across the board I saw you know it's like sales were up no wind you know mm-hmm. and when I mean sales like the sale on a boat yeah 
you know, were up, but it's like we had everything ready to go. The product was great, the marketing, everything, but no wind. Yeah. So we couldn't get going and it was frustrating mm. for so long. Um, and then I saw crappy brands that were mimicking us who were getting funded left and right. They were getting into like the stores and everything. And I'm like, what is going on here? We're doing everything right and nobody cared, you know, and it was just a learning experience. So that was after you shut your propaganda yeah. HQ yep. and then you worked for some company briefly. Yep, exactly. And then you started your own. Then I started the uh, hydration company. Okay. And when I did the hydration company, I really kind of looked at reinventing myself in that like, okay, I'm going to do the hydration drink, but I'm going to go all in on board service as well. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to serve on nonprofit boards and I'm going to serve on some corporate boards too. So it really was kind of like a multi-pronged strategy of like, I'm going to do all these things to help me stay focused on the hydration, but also keep me focused on giving back and working with other companies and everything. And it was manageable. Yeah. Um, It's just... uh, When was the hydration? What time period was that? uh, 2010. 2010 to 2019. So So it was a good run. Yeah. And it's interesting you said, you, you know, you had the... A great product, great marketing, great team, great everything, and and, and business sometimes still doesn't work out. Yeah, and you have all the, the relationships and the networking. Like, it's just I find it you know mind blowing that like there's no way to have a successful brand. There's boxes to check, and there's definitely you know yeah. ways to go about it, yeah. but it doesn't always work out. No, it's crazy. it doesn't. Yeah, like it like doesn't. you said, the wind the wind, the sales are up, but the wind didn't come. Yeah, and it's it's crazy because like. Laura was saying, checking all the boxes, you know, like you, you gotta like second guess yourself, right? You're yeah. like, wait, what? What do we name, do wrong? Wait, wait. The name's good, the product's good, you know, the sales team is good, the marketing's good. Like, what? Yeah. What's the timing? Missing link. Yeah. But you, you know? said there was other brands that were maybe not as put together, or you yeah, know, that was biting your guys's deal. Yeah. So got- nine nine years. Yeah. Yeah. Nine years, a lot of money, uh, you know, and uh, a lot of hard work, but a lot of lessons as well. You yeah. know, it's like it, it was just like, OK, I'm going to learn from this. And, you know, you get to a point where, you know, you, you don't think take things personal. Yeah. You know, you don't let them bog you down. You just go, you know what? It didn't work. You know what? Move on. Yeah. Stay positive. Don't get bogged down or anything, you know. And, and that's life, you know, like, man, you know, you dwell, you blame somebody else, you, you get, you know, um, you know, you point the finger, obviously you, you, you just get down and it's like, that's gonna, that's not going to help you. Yeah. You know, no, you You gotta gotta get you gotta get back on that horse. Yeah. You gotta stay positive and, and know that you've, you've done it once before you, you've had success. Yeah. And I mean, show me a person that hasn't had failure that, who's successful yeah you know like what's that saying fail somebody up. you fail up right you yeah. fail up or yeah. or it's like you yeah. you uh what's that basketball reference it's like you you you'll always miss a shot you didn't take yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. right i mean for sure but i mean that was a long run you know with yeah. immigration and i saw it at a lot of shops you know what was it called HDX. HDX. Okay. Yeah. HDX. Yeah. We, we, you know, we, we were out there. It's just, you know, yeah, it's a whole different game and everything. Yeah. And it was, it was tough, you know, but you learn a lot. And I think some of that knowledge is what I'm able to kind of pass on to other 
guys yeah. now. You know, it's like the do's and don'ts. I mean. Do's and don'ts, exactly. Yeah. So after that, yeah. What what um after that it was really just um okay what am I gonna do and um you know I've got a couple other side projects that I've been working on as well that um there's a documentary project I've been working on I can't talk about it because it's still a little private but it's a it's a phenomenal phenomenal documentary and uh, we've got a a incredible A plus team of producers and directors involved and. It's a big, it's a big story. Cool. So I'm so super. So we're gonna have to have you back on the show after that launches. Yeah. Well, the person who I'm doing the documentary on will be the one you want. Wow. Yeah. So I'll tell you guys <laughs> it's offline. It's all networking. You hear it here. Yeah. Here. Yeah. I'll tell you guys offline. But uh, there's a book deal involved as well. So I've oh. been kind of battling off the the book publisher because they really want this story bad, and I'm kind of like holding the cards, going. Not until we start filming, you know. It's yeah. like I don't want this guy to get overwhelmed with yeah. too much stuff. But it's a it's a great documentary. It's probably one of the most important documentaries in surf industry. Wow! So so it's in surf. It's in surf. Yeah, it's a beautiful story. Nice. So I'm stoked on that project. And then um, you know I was just gonna work on corporate boards and focus on the family and have some fun. And, so. Again, like your your real estate ventures, you know, and how that path went. Um, I saw that you got into politics also. So how did, like, how did you, how did a politician or how did you get into politics? Yeah, you know, um, you know, it's it's interesting in that, um, you know, I realized early on that maybe about 10 years ago, I got asked to serve on a political action committee. That's a 501c4 and that's where the real money comes in and that's how you get people elected and all that stuff. And as I started working with them, I realized that, you know, doing the grassroots advocacy stuff can only go so far. Um, You know, it's like, it's okay to hold hands down at the beach and do a beach cleanup and sign a petition and, you know, buy a surf rider hat and all that stuff. That's all great and important stuff. But really, if we were going to uh, you know, really fight for our oceans, we had to be at the table where the games are being played at the political level. Yeah. You know, that's where the laws are made. That's where the purse strings are and everything like that. And, you know, the group that I was working with was called Ocean Champions. And their whole thing is like, we want to help elect people into the House and Senate that are pro-ocean, you know. And we elected over 100 people into the House and Senate. Wow. You know, so those are people that are up on the hill who are like, you know, working to protect our ocean. So when there's a law or something that, that comes, comes up, up, these are the guys that are going to get behind it and support it. And, um, you know, got, you know, I was involved in one law uh, getting passed and I was really stoked on it. And um, it was the Microbead Free Waters Act, mm. you know, these little microbeads that are in hair, uh, you know, kind of beauty products and everything. And got involved in that and got to see how it worked its way through the system. And within three years of discovering microbeads in the, uh, in the Great Lakes with the organization I was working with, Five Gyres Institute, great organization, uh, to seeing them work with our team at Ocean Champions and lawmakers. I mean, the bill moved through the House and the Senate and got to Obama's desk and he signed it within three years. So that law also went on to go around the world other countries started to adopt it as well yeah so you know just stuff like that of like hey yeah. you know sometimes you got to be at the table with the people who are trying to harm 
the ocean. Yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, but you got to be there in a mature way. And I think one thing that I found out was that um, the politicians that I was working with were like, hey, we love what the environmental groups are doing, but we want to hear from the business community. Yeah. So I was bringing in that voice of the economy and jobs related to a clean and healthy ocean and all that stuff. So that's what they wanted to hear. And I think Surfrider and Oceana and other groups picked yeah. up on that. And they're like, yeah, this this comp- this corporation that's inland that doesn't affect, you know, their daily lives or the other, you know, like yeah. we got all these other businesses that are so important. Yeah. But like, you know, when bills, when you're trying to push a bill and it's going to affect some corporation that's making this product and it's going to cost their shareholders and the company a ton of money to change up the process. Yeah. Do they throw a ton of money in resistance or they're kind of like. Hey, we understand, and we're going to make the change. Like, it, oh no, they play dirty. They, they play they, dirty. Yeah, they've I got hate. lobbyists. You yeah. know, they've got high-paid lobbyists up on the hill to discredit what I'm telling them. You know, and you know, I'm just a surf turkey. You know, but I look at it, and it's like you know, working with these organizations, and there's so much data out there. I'm able to go up there and make the case, and go, yeah, this guy's got a high-paid lobbyist working for you, and all that stuff, and what they're telling you is somewhat true but at the same time let me tell you the trillions of dollars in economic activity that take place in my backyard yeah okay if the beach is closed guess what nobody's selling product nobody's selling coffee and the hotel rooms are shut down property values go down yeah all these things happen so i go you know these coastal communities thrive because of the ocean Mm -hmm. you know it doesn't matter it's like you can see it day in and day out so that's what i'm fighting for is like hey we got to keep our oceans healthy like when the oil spill happened yeah my phone was blowing up you know it's like i had lawmakers calling me what do you know you know we're going to have a hearing will you come and talk yes absolutely i'll come and you know present and tell you what's going on and i go to see um you know ron and bobby at jackson i'm like what happened you know, I talked to Duke, you know, talked to all these guys and they're yeah. like, dude, you know, business went away overnight, yeah. you know, so that affects our bottom line in our industry. So, you know, I, 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 you know, that's how I got involved in politics. You know, it's really just like the oceans shouldn't be politicized. You know, it's like a healthy ocean benefits everybody. You know, we're all For making sure. money on that, yeah. you know, it doesn't matter. So, you know, let's, let's, take care of that natural resource and we can see that it's like when there's an oil spill it affects everybody it doesn't yeah. matter what side of the aisle you're on but as a surfer it affects me yeah. and my clan yeah. you know who loves to surf so yeah i mean and i mean it happens you know so the world of you know oil sewage. transportation sewage yeah. like yeah you know the politics is so but, but, it, it, but it sucks when it goes to you know the lawmakers and then you got these lobbyists and everybody's yeah. fighting to like, you know, keep it as is that, you know, the, the, yeah, it's just unfortunate, you know? Yeah. See, I'm so, going up there for free talking about, you yeah. know, advocating for our industry and our coastal communities and everything. And these guys are pl- getting played two, $300,000 yeah. to oppose guys like me. Yeah. Discredit. Yeah. Discredit and, and, and oppose all that. Uh, so. so nuts. So going back to SEMA. Yeah. So, What's your title there? Okay, so I'm the executive director at SEMA. And for those who don't know, SEMA is Surf Industry Members Association. And I think there's a bit of a misunderstanding of what SEMA is. So, you know, think of it like a chamber of commerce. You know, it's like Huntington Beach has a chamber of commerce. And what they do is they advocate for all the businesses in the community. They're your kind of like 
partner in everything to make sure that you guys get every opportunity you can to conduct business in in the city. Um, A trade association like SEMA is really just a nationwide effort in a sector. So instead of a chamber of commerce being in a city, ours is around a sport. Yeah around the US. So for me, you know, I'm advocating for our industry and the brands and everything, the the brands, the board builders, the retailers, yeah. the reps, everything. And how did um, you come into this position? Like what, how did it all go down? Yeah, you know, um, I'd learned last year that the position was gonna be open and- um, it was, was it Paul Nadi or was it a- Well, Paul's the president, but okay. Sean Smith, was oh, the exec- Smith. Yeah, okay. Sean was the executive director and yeah. he was stepping down because he'd been there for 20 years and wanted to try something different. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he did a phenomenal job running SEMA over the last 20 years. And I totally understand he wanted to try something new. Um, but, you know, they had called and, you know, asked if I was interested. And unfortunately, I was in the middle of, um, you know, a rough patch. I just lost my mom. Uh, she passed away last January. So I'm like, Hey guys, I'm out of commission for at least six months. You know, there's nothing going on in my world. And then, um, you know, summer came around and I had a couple other things that I needed to tidy up as well. So, uh, finally, um, you know, I think in October I called Paul and I was like, Hey, when are you guys going to pull the trigger and hire somebody? And he was like, Oh, I think we're close, but you know, we're just still a little, gun shy. We, we don't think we've, you know, got the right person yet, but you know, we are close and I was like, okay, well, if you need help with anything, let me know. I'm happy to step in and help out. And he goes, well, we don't want anybody part-time. We want somebody full-time. And I was like, Hey man, I'll come and do it full-time if you want, you know, I'm not worried about it. You know, I go, whatever you need help with, you know, I want to help the organization. So however you see fit. And that's when he was like, wait, full-time you'd come in, you'd step into this. You know, I said, yeah. So we got together and we talked we shared ideas and everything, and um, you know, a few weeks later, you know, I met with Dylan Slater and Kathy Curtis, and you know, uh, we're like, "But gosh, this feels like a really good fit." And uh, December one started as the executive awesome. director. That's awesome. So it was fun. I get to work with all my friends, and I get to help my friends, you know, be successful in their respective yeah. brands and everything. So I'm just their cheerleader. And brands and companies have to pay a membership to, like, to you know, obviously to like, you know, make it a, a, a successful, you know. Totally, totally. Is, yeah, they, they all pay a fee to be part of the membership. Yeah. Um, but look, the thing, the reason why we started SEMA 33 years ago is different than what we need today. You yeah. know, SEMA of 33 years ago um, is not relevant or the work that we were providing, the benefits to our members yeah. is irrelevant. Things, yeah. Things have changed. So really... I'm in a position to kind of reboot SEMA with what we need now and in the future. And, you know, I'm stoked because I get to work with all the brands in the industry. They tell me the the challenge that challenges that they have, the issues that they're facing, yeah. and kind of like where they see things going in the future in the next one, three, five, and ten years. So I absorb all of that and I'm rebuilding SEMA to help all the brands with their needs and everything. And it doesn't matter if you're a member or not. You know, my goal is to build the brand of surfing and yeah. help everybody in the industry thrive. But, but yeah, you got all the the anchor brands that have been around for oh, yeah. 40 years. But yep. then you got all these new brands, which the industry obviously needs. Yep. And we, yep. need, we need to bring up the totally. next generation of brands. And, and it's a place for them to 
you know, so have some of that soul. shared knowledge. Well, it's not. It's not even just the bringing up the brands. Really, more important than anything is the next, you know, uh, next uh, generation of leaders. Yeah. You know, that's that's really what these guys want. Like, you know, Paul and Dylan and Kathy and, you know, Tinkus and all these guys that are on my board, you know, they see that, like, you know, we've got to build leaders yeah. in our industry. So it's to really, it, yeah, it's almost like an MBA. When you join SEMA, you've got, you're part of this cohort of other leaders yeah. that want to see you succeed and they want to provide you the tools. So. From the outside looking in, you know, being in retail and then being on the wholesale side and what SEMA, you know, you, you kind of said what it, it's basically a, a collection that helps trade, like fit people figure out how to do business better in, yeah. right? Yep. But the fun part of it, like SEMA down in Cabo. Yes. Way to, way to bring up the partying. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Leave it to Lyndon yeah. to bring up the partying. It's like, when's the tequila come out? Well, no. I mean, come <laughs> no, on. I know. This is no. a very important uh, part of. But the, it's a, uh, it's an awards. It's a gathering of the tribe. It's a you yeah. know, it's getting everybody together because everybody's busy running their yeah. their businesses and their separate ways, and, and it's a, a, a it's a bonding camaraderie. Because if you're gonna need an MC. Party. You got late night with Chalky. For sure. For, for sure. The, You're the MC. last guys I'm calling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what it is? It's like, you know, see, look, Surf Summit's coming back. I'll tell you guys, okay? It's yeah. coming back, but we're not going to go to Cabo. Um, Cabo. I, th- I think there's, you know, things have changed, yeah. you know? You want to um, make a, a different mark. Well, a different mark, but it's like there's a lot of old guys in in the industry right now, and it's like they're in bed by nine o'clock, and it's like you know one shot of tequila, and they're in the sheets. Yeah, yeah. you know. So what we need to do is kind of rebuild the tribe with young people, and I think we can build that tribe closer to home base and everything. Yeah. I love to see us go to Palm Springs at one of the surf parks and really just oh hell yes, like, lock in at a resort and like let's yeah. surf. Golf. Let's cheer each other on. Let's golf. Yeah. Let's have some beers. Let's have a good time. And, and let's and, network. And, and the seminars were the seminars. All, yeah, the seminars. speakers that come through. Yeah. Like, yeah. You've Education, one, right? Like, yeah. 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 And, Education's and, a big part of SEMA as well. It's like, how do we bring that knowledge to you guys? Yeah, because you, you got the mentors, but then you get the, the outside tech people that are, hey, like this software can help benefit your company or logistics. You know, there's a lot of yeah. different, like, um, yeah. I think I need to throw myself under the bus on something. Yeah. Do it. So, (laughs) SEMA, my very first one, working for DVS Podium. It was in June, end of May, around this time, pretty much, and it was playoff time. Oh, dear God. Gary yeah. Valentine? Yeah. Oh, is yeah. that when you started throwing chairs and, and I tables? I was part of that fiasco. No way. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. You guys did like $10,000 in damage or yeah. something. I had to pay three grand out of pocket. No way. Yeah. yeah. So, You got taxed. Where, you got taxed. We got so <laughs> fucking taxed. But, dude, it, it was crazy. It was my very, like... It was my very first scene. He popped his cherry at the first scene <laughs> yeah, yeah. during Laker playoffs. So, oh. so the 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 magnitude of the Lennon's passionate, dude. It was crazy. Yeah, yeah. Because you know, Laura and I are diehard. We were diehard Laker fans. We're old school Lakers. Yeah, and not these woke <laughs> players now. So just play, the, just play the game, you guys. So, so anyways, you know, when you go to SEMA, 
you're partying at the airport in LA. Yeah. And then you're partying on the plane. And you're partying, partying on the plane. <laughs> and I'm a little guy. And I don't know how to not, you know, back off when everyone's, you know, going full throttle. Yeah, there's I'm no right e-brake there. on young Linda. No, no. Yeah. So, so. <laughs> Brake lines are cut. There's we, only an accelerator. Get out of the, the van to get into the hotel, check in, and we filter into the hotel lobby. Yeah. Bar, yeah. Go drop and, your bags off. We'll be in the lobby bar. And it's Standard. it's the Lakers versus San Antonio Spurs game seven in San Antonio. Not it was a game seven. I'm not sure. Game six maybe. But it was for the championship. It was for the no for the Western Conference. Oh, finals. Western Conference. Okay. And um, the Lakers were up by like I don't want to make this too long, but the Lakers were up by like two points with 11 seconds left. And fucking the ball gets jumbled around and gets to um, uh, De- what was it? Tim Duncan. Tim Duncan throws up a three pointer. Tim Duncan, who's a center who doesn't shoot three pointers, banks it in, and we're down by one point oh. with four point four seconds left. Right? Because you think he's passionate? He knows. Play by yeah, play. So he knows the exact uh, 15 years percentage ago. Of <laughs> I mean, I'm like hammered. Tim Gavin is, ha- I mean, we're all hammered. And I'm seeing like ashtrays fly over my head, you know? And people are getting raucous. And all of a sudden, Kobe throws the ball into Derek Fisher's hand. Fisher turns around, throws it up, it goes in, and I black out. <laughs> I all of a sudden the eyes my eyes roll in the back of my head and I pick up a chair and you know the the furniture was like fiberglass surfboards and I picked up a chair and started smashing shit all over the place throwing shit everybody it was pandemonium Tim Gavin was running because they had sails on the walls like uh, you know kite sails and he was trying to rip them off the walls Valentine's jumping on top of the fucking pool table and and just like like it was pandemonium, and all of a sudden, we all run out. We all rush out, and I'm thinking, "Holy shit, that was a fucking incredible!" Oh, oh my gosh! Like I can't believe we we got away with it, right? Yeah. yeah. So got away with it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. for the moment. So, so hour later, two hours later, you know, it's dinner time. It's banquet. McKnight's on the mic giving the speech, the opening speech to the to the thing. And I'm sitting on the lawn, you know, sitting on a little fence on the wall, <clears throat> drinking a beer, and security surrounds me. And I'm like, hey, what's up? No way. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're going to jail. Oh, you're going, you're, you're, you're caught. I'm like, what? You know, they're speaking Spanish. And I'm like, no, I'm, why? Why me? No, I'm not the guy. I didn't do that. Yeah. And they had a digital camera. Oh, no way. And they're just flashing through the photos of me looking like, Godzilla, <laughs> a mini Godzilla. They have a mini Godzilla smashed I'm like, oh shit. Like, okay, sorry. You know, I got kicked out, and we had to pay three grand. Oh my god! And Sean Smith was the guy that said, "Hey, bro, sorry, but you're kicked out, yeah, yeah, yeah. and you're gonna have to pay, or you're going to jail." Oh my god, <laughs> that's a good story. I remember when it happened and everything. Oh. And I was like, I'm so glad I wasn't there. But man, Bro. it would have been fun to see it. Oh. And oh. what's fucking funny and not so funny is we go back. Don't do this at home, kids. I go. Yeah. I go to the office at Podium, 
thinking, oh shit, I'm going to get fired. I'm in trouble. And they're like, dude. You get a parade's welcome, full hero's welcome. Because these guys, you know, they party, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And they're like, dude. You just took the cake on. And they're like, they're like, we're so, like, you didn't say you were proud of you. It's like, dude, you made, you put podium on the map. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, hey, I go, hey, could you help any me bad out press? Is, nope. Yeah. Any bad press is good press, right? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Talking about the brand. Hey, well, you but know the what? Show's the things, not that, the things that you could get away with back then that you can't get away with today. Oh, oh no. Man, yeah. today, the stuff, oh, man, you can't yeah. get away with any of that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you would have been cuffed for sure. Yeah. That's oh, a good story. Sure. That's a really good story. It's crazy. Um, but I, I wouldn't do it again. No. That was stupid. Yeah. Sorry, uh... Everybody. I forget what hotel that was, but that was a sick hotel. Crown Plaza. Solaris or something. Crown Plaza. Crown Plaza, yeah, I think. Yeah. Um, but the show's not about Chalky. The yeah, show's so, about... So the next SEMA Awards, uh, you might want to put a <laughs> cap on this guy over yeah. here. We're going to give him near beer. Odules. <laughs> there you go. Give him some Odules. Ultra point zero. <laughs> but so now you're the executive director. Now I'm the executive director. And, um, and you know, since December. Since December 1, yep. Exactly. Awesome. I came in and I came in swinging pretty hard. Uh, I changed the name. Uh, Members know. instead of manufacturers. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I was going to bring that up. Yeah. I like, it. isn't it manufacturers? Yeah, I changed it to members. Uh, you know, it's like the tent's got to get bigger. There's all these different groups that need to be included in the conversations yeah. and everything. So to make the tent bigger, we, we changed the name and, um, you know, it's, it's, it's been good. You know, yeah. I've been talking to a lot of guys and hearing what the brands want me to work on is really important you know it's like they want me to really champion sustainability yeah i was gonna i was gonna bring that up yeah, yeah. like what i mean that is obviously where your specialty comes in on on yeah. you know environmental stuff and you know from us at board you know i'm part, at ruka part of board riders and yeah. i mean it's a huge initiative yep. for that group yeah. you know and they have so well, it's much a huge initiative now for everybody for every brand right. in our industry right but we have like you know well kathy curtis is there or yeah. was there you know and yeah. she was championing all that stuff as well so you know having a boss like kathy yeah. is great you know and for me it was like you know i wasn't sure what they were going to ask me to do you know it's like hey what should my priorities be and, you know, as I started talking to everybody, I'm like, oh, man, these priorities are like right up my wheelhouse. It's easy. And the fact that everybody said the same thing yeah. was good. They're like, we want we want you to unify the industry. Bring us all together. Which benefits yeah. everybody. the whole, the collective. Totally. So you know, are we going to see the Surf Industry Members Association Awards again? Image Awards. Image Awards. Yes, yeah. we are going to do the Image Awards again. We're working on it right now. In fact, I got a call at one o'clock to talk about Image Awards. Okay, cool. As well, and remember the MCs are late night with Chalky. Yes, yes, yes. I'm sure you guys will be <laughs> presenters in some way, shape, or form. Or we're the even... fucking MCs. Right? Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. But we don't pay. Hey, That's yeah. a pro bono. Okay. Yeah. Pro bono. I love it. See, hey, it's our it's our way of giving back to yeah. the community and our oh, industry. Man. Okay, you know what? That's going to be easy. <laughs> You're going to want us okay. to be there. Okay. I mean, oh no, you guys are th- definitely going to be there. We're the most authentic pot surf podcast in the industry. Come on. Yeah. Totally. totally. No, I mean it's it's such a <laughs> yeah, it's such a fun um, event in night to yeah. you know again you know be with your pals and and and, and push the envelope with design and marketing yeah. and yeah. reward people for, for, for doing a great job. Yeah. Cause know? I'm so. going to give out some plugs. Okay. Like to see that 
again and reward retailers, old and new. Yeah. I mean, like Hanson's, right? Yeah. Hanson's and our sponsor, Neon Wave, you know, mm-hmm. out in Rochester, New York. Like, yeah. to see them kind of highlighted. Yeah. And then that's that's awesome you yeah, know that's yeah. cool to celebrate like old and new totally and what they're bringing to the table totally and then even like new brands yeah you know yeah. like it'll be exciting to breakthrough brand of the year and yeah yeah like to see the guys from Seeger. yeah right yeah. like we had them on the podcast and these three young entrepreneurs killer. their brand's killer yeah. you know and, yeah. and we want them to be successful and you know see them because they're killing it, but it, totally. right? but, but it's all it's a, it's about bragging rights, elevating the competition, yeah. and, and celebrating keeping you know, people on everybody. their toes. Yeah, because it they want to be next. Everyone's yeah. being they want to be a designer next. and this designer and swimsuit design, you know, and marketing. Totally. You know, they all want to you know toot their own horns, but yeah. also yeah, hey, you did a great job, and you know, next year we're going to take you. you yeah, know? I, like, I you looked know. forward to those events. Cause really? That's good, awesome. That's good yeah. to hear, you know, because I wasn't sure, you know, there's, there's this kind of like hot and cold element of the Image Awards. You know, the hot side of it is that there's a lot of people that love them, mm-hmm. but then there's also a, a faction that kind of is like, oh, it's the same guys, the same guys are nominated, the mm, same yeah. guys win, and they're bummed they're fully butthurt if they don't win yeah as opposed to being stoked for the guys that do win or nominated and go you know what? we'll come happen. back next year it's gonna happen yeah. yeah but we're retooling it you know we're doing we're gonna make it you know in a way that allows i think voting the best thing, well the voting it should be i think uh through the consumers yeah i think consumers should be the ones voting as opposed to like you know guys in the peer, industry peer to peer and all that stuff i think there could be some peer-to-peer awards sure. here and there but like i don't think every category can be peer-to-peer i think it's got to be consumer driven and like you know that. what's funny is I, I think that you can incorporate u.s board riders right yeah probably you know west coast board riders east coast there's that um entity now mm-hmm. that is spread out across the country yeah. that you could probably tap into to, to help you know make those decisions because it's dudes that are in the industry totally yeah. that run totally. retail and and are diehard authentic surfers and they you know yeah. their voices should be heard totally yeah totally. Brahms to veterans you know yeah. Yeah. everybody in between so your yeah. demographic is like i mean it's everybody yeah. yep exactly i think there's a lot of ways we can do that and it only helps us to bring in more votes, you know, mm-hmm. instead of like, you know, 250 votes, it's like, well, what if we could bring in 2,500? Yeah. yeah. You know, now all of a sudden it's like, hey, we're really tapping into the public and all that stuff. And some of it might be a popularity contest yeah. into who, which brand is available. Yeah. But like, you know, there's ways I think to say like, okay, when it comes to upcoming brands like the Seegers and Jetties and things like that, you say, well, the industry should vote on that, you know? Yeah. And like, you know, let's let the peers, you know, it's like, so maybe if it's like, you know, you take the top 20 brands, they're the ones who, who should say who are the up and coming brands. Yeah. Cause they're not voting for themselves. They're saying what we see out in the market yeah. and who's authentically, you know, repping this industry and all that stuff. These are the guys that we see yeah. out there. So there's kind of like that peer support, you know, yeah. it's like yeah. a panel of 20 of your peers, you know, voted for 
the emerging brand yeah. or something. Which is awesome. I'm going to be honest, though. I'm going to vote for Rivia Projects and Country Club. Well, yeah, well, like you're that. not voting. <laughs> <laughs> Again, that's your peer <laughs> yeah, right Exactly, right? Exactly. We're talking about Ruka wins them all. Oh, oh yeah. gosh. Just kidding. Uh, no, but do. Um, I, I mean, you, you talk about the environmental side of it, you, you know, helping brands and competition. But like, what about bringing manufacturing back to, to America? US, yes. US, you yeah. know, and like. You know, talking to all the heads of all these huge companies, like how, you know, how do we make that happen? Or at least at some capacity. I think we can make it happen. And there's a couple things that I'm working on um, with um, the state and the, and the country. Yeah. Um, there's these really incredible programs like through the, you know, through federal agencies and state agencies yeah. that, um, you know, are interested in spurring economic growth here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's the biggest missing gap in our industry is that we haven't tapped into those funds For you sure. know, to where it's like, hey, how about investing in surfboard manufacturing places here in the United States? Like, why not? Why not? Right. Yeah. You know, it's like you could get these loans, you can get these locations and everything, but we have to make the economic case of like, well, does this bring jobs? It's it. You know, yeah. does it does it you know um, you know create economic revenue and all that stuff? Yeah. And I think that is a really untapped opportunity. So I'm I'm working on building those relationships of yeah. like if somebody's got an idea to build a manufacturing facility here, yeah. I want to see the plan and I want to go to these people and say if you give us X to do this. You know, Dude, we can sure. generate jobs and spur the economy, and that's how we can bring yeah. that back here. But but you could also elevate, like you said, manufacturing on the surfboard side is like, hey, we're going to elevate the quality and a new new you know because a lot of these places have hasn't been changed in totally. forever. It's yeah. like, hey, you know, well, they don't want to invest in that stuff because they're on such a tight budget, yeah. and I totally get it. But I think that's where you know there's opportunities for that stuff. How do we? And, and that and that's my role. It's like, yeah. how do I help? you know, our manufacturers and our members operate better. And Definitely. surfboard builders are really at the top of my list. You know, it's like I see how, you know, overseas boards and manufacturing has impacted them. But I think that there we got to try and figure out how to balance that yeah. in a way that, hey, I understand there's affordability and margins and all that stuff. to Definitely. Ba- But over here, can we do some stuff to invest from and do our part? For sure. For our industry, hey, I'd love to be able to say there's a East Coast and a West Coast, you know, surfboard manufacturing facility that benefits all the board builders by blanks, you know, or whatnot. Something, you know. Or, you know, can we do some stuff, uh, you know, in the next uh, year or so, I'm going to be connecting with the folks out of Mexico and the Mexico consulate, you know, and going, hey, what if we were to bring some portion of our industry, collective industry forced cross border, you know, they want to invest in that as well. So it's just having those conversations of going, what are the opportunities out there? And then bringing them to guys in our industry. Yeah, because as a collective, I mean, it's a powerhouse. You know, yeah. each brand individually, you know, whether, you know, you're 5 million or 50 million or 5, you know, like, you know, the more collective, the better. Totally. You that's, know, our, that's our buying power. That's yeah. like collective bargaining for sure. power. And really, for me, it's like, you know, if we talk about surfboard manufacturing, it's like, how do we help the small guys too? Yeah. The guys that are maybe only doing three to 500 boards a year or less, you know, yeah. it's like, how do we give them a fair chance as well, because I think it's harder this today to build a surfboard brand than it was 
10, 15, 20 years ago. For sure. Yeah. You know, and I think that's it's, like it's, that craftsmanship is so important to our industry. Yeah. And I, and I think though, it's like almost like a dying, not a dying art, but there's definitely less and less shapers and less and less board builders. I, I think in the, in the eyes of, of the community and what you see in the surf shops, because it's, it's, you know, it's gobbled up by like the majors, but I feel like because it's such a specialty gifted like art, you know, mm -hmm. that there's a lot of underground shapers that maybe are only doing 300 boards a year or mm -hmm. less or whatever. But yet that DIY, like there's a lot of people putting out boards that we've never even heard of. Totally. You know, totally. And, and they can't compete. Is it DIY or DIY? D DIY. Y do, it, do it yourself. Do it yourself. Yeah. DIY. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, no, now he's, now he's overthinking it. It's DIY. <laughs> DIY. Yeah. I don't know if I want to tease you on that one. Not, uh, not DUI. <laughs> no, not definitely not that. <laughs> Why you gotta bring that up? Yeah. Uh, but uh, I, I mean, I think yeah, I, I'm, I'm stoked that you're at the the helm. At the helm. At, yeah, because, I mean, there's so much shared information, or there there could be so much shared information that probably doesn't get shared. Yeah. You know, because it's funny know, how it's competition. Like, you know, and yeah. here you guys are trying to you know, make everybody succeed as a collective. Yeah, look, what, what I tell my guys is this, is it, look, you know, I care very little about how you operate your business. Yeah. You know, and how you market and all that stuff. That Because it's like, I don't want to put my thumb on the scale for anybody. For sure. You know, my whole thing is I'm the guy driving the paver. You know, it's like there's a pothole, I fix it, and I just make the road smooth for everybody. Nice. You know, so it's like you guys get to build your businesses the way that you want. Yeah. I don't care how you compete or anything like that. You know, that's just the free market. Definitely. That's you guys doing your creative stuff. And I love that, like, capitalism, entrepreneurship, yeah. the yeah. battle and all that stuff. But if I can pave the road to help you guys grow, yeah. that's my role. Yeah. You know, I, I don't get in the way. I'm not traffic cop. You know, Stop there. Slow down. Do this. Don't do that. Watch your distribution. You know, Watch your pricing. None of that. None yeah. of that. That's not my yeah. job. You, know, you guys run your business the way you feel that you, can, you should run it. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Well, I think, I think SEMA too, not to, not to meddle and stuff, but like, you know, earlier we were talking about WSL, like, it would be sick to have some kind of discussions with them because really they're a f they help fac not facilitate but propagate our image yeah. to the world yeah so it would be good for for SEMA and WSL to have conversations and go hey you know what what can we do to help you come up with more creative or you know what i mean yeah no, you're right. Look, and I think that's one of the biggest missed opportunities there. And I think... Um, and even, you know, sorry to interrupt, yeah. but even amateur surfing too. Yeah, yeah. And SSAs, West Coast Board Riders. I mean, all the different aspects to, of like... Because you're selling... You're, you're working with all the brands, right? Yeah. And it's only in their best interest to listen to and, and like kind of have suggestion. An open an open dialogue with these you know yeah contests and media and totally. I think I think that would you know help kind of strengthen 
Well, part of it is that, you know, it's like, look, I think SEMA has always been an open door and welcome and would welcome any sort of cooperation or collaboration. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, the WSL is definitely doing their own thing. You know, we'd, we'd love to work with them. But, you know, I think they've got their own agenda right mm-hmm. now. Um, but they're also, you know, putting out great content. I love what they're doing for the athletes and everything. Uh, could it be better? Absolutely. And we'll be there whenever they want to collaborate yeah. and all that stuff. But for us right now, it's like, hey, it's an open door. And, you know, I would say the first couple of guys that have walked into the door that are like, we want to work closer with SEMA and the members. And I'm like, open arms. We're here. Yeah. What can we do? You know, and it's USA Surfing. Cool. Um, ISA. Awesome. awesome. And, you know, the Board Riders Clubs guys. You know, so for us, we're like, we love, we know how important competitive surfing and athletes are to our sport. Mm-hmm. So to have this new day where SEMA is an open collaborator and all that stuff because it's members association. You know, we want to help our members and people in our industry thrive even if they're not members it's like look even if you guys aren't members you I might be help one you. day you, you might, might be, be one year day. or five years totally yeah. totally it's it's like it helps it behooves us to help you with your business even if you're not a member but you know i've been talking to the guys at usa surfing and you know isa and board riders and i love what they're doing and our whole thing is like we want to help you succeed what are your pain points yeah. you know i just had a call with the usa surfing guys last week and they said here's what we need help with and i'm like i am here to help yeah. You know, yeah. let's do this. You but know, I was thinking of like, you know, the, the journey where your journey's gone and how people say, yeah, you know, your your whole life you prepare for what's what's coming up next. Right. Yeah. And it's, you know, you, you come from surfing, you luck, not luck into, but fall into owning a surf shop. You definitely lucked into it. You you started. Yeah. Uh, doing a great event that taught you more diversity in, in marketing and just networking, right? Like, yeah. and, and being a, a, sh- a show person, you know what I mean? Like, here's what we can do. And, you yeah. know, like, and that parlayed to Red Bull yeah, and then to politics, you know, and, and knowing how to, you know, I wouldn't say politics. I would call it advocacy. You know, yeah. because I think politics are kind of like you're either right or left. For yeah. me, it's really about advocacy. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like standing up for what I believe is the right thing to do yeah. for something that I love. You know, I love well, surfing and I love the ocean. And I love my friends who yeah. have built careers but, in this industry. But you've definitely went through those yeah. experiences, right? Yeah. And even like the Hollywood stuff, right? Yeah. Like, so you're like seeing different circles of influence and and all of a sudden here you are in in this position and all those things that happened in the past are going to help you totally execute what you're doing now everything from my past is i would say because other people mentored and invested in me you know it's like dick baker uh you know uh, Chuck Allen, yeah. you know, those guys took me under their wings early on. And there's probably people here who don't know who those guys yeah. are. But Chuck Allen, you know, incredible f- driver of amateur surfing, yeah. you know, one of the founders of NSSA. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, he uh, went to go start USASA, you know, amateur snowboarding, That's you crazy. know. Yeah. So Chuck was my good friend and mentor. We traveled together and everything and just really taught me so much. 
Um, you know, Dick Baker, who was just a godsend, you know, McKnight, Paul, Bob McNona, you know, it's like yeah. all these guys have just been like so invested in me. And same thing with Surfrider and, you know, the guys at Oceana, they've invested yeah. a lot of time and energy and money into me, you know, so I kind of feel like, you know, I'm a product of all these people that have helped me get here. I'd well, be stupid to waste this yeah. Well, opportunity. They, they, yeah, well, they see, they see somebody that's, obviously a hard worker somebody that that could advocate and communicate and and like you've been preaching the whole time it's like look i'm here i'm an open book i'm open arms all i want is good dialogue and let's you know let's try to benefit from that totally and that's been kind of consistent throughout your whole path and now you're at the helm here of sema and it's like hey you know like this is for the greater good of Mm -hmm. our industry and helping out the little guys that maybe not part of the organization yet but I mean, celebrating our industry and making it better, it's, yeah. it's kind of what we all want, right? Yeah, totally. And look, I, I'd say, honestly, the selfish part of it is that it's like, I love surfing, you know? So I'm really kind of protecting my own hide, too, you know? Yeah. It's like, I want to be in the You're water. You're so selfish. I know. It's like, I'm like, yeah, I got all of you guys fooled, you know? It's yeah. like, I just want to surf more, Yeah. you know? But uh, Speaking of surf, what, what kind of boards are you uh, are you riding these days? Oh, man. Okay, so I got, uh, I'm a huge fan of Ryan Harris. Okay. At Earth Technology, so I got a six six replica Tom Curran Black Beauty, wow. all eco friendly. It's one of the you know the most environmentally friendly boards out there. So I got that. Um, Where's I, he from? Is he from South CI? Bay? South Bay. Okay. No, he's in the South Bay. Okay, super rad dude. If you guys don't know about Ryan, you got to look him up. Okay. Super super rad dude. Um, built one of the first um, eco-friendly surfboard factories in the world. Wow. Yeah, zero-waste surfboard factory. Yeah. Insane. But I love Ryan. I love supporting these young, obscure shapers and everything, and I love what he's doing. Um, uh, I got a replica 6'8 Skip Fry Twin Fin. Ooh. That's just beauty. My buddy uh, shaped me a, a replica of Skip's uh, outline and everything, and it's magic. Who's and that shaper? Uh, Roy Sanchez, mm. underground shaper uh, out of San Diego. I've been riding his boards for 30 years. Wow. Just underground shaper, but just a talented, talented guy. Does he have a brand? He used to have a brand called Pacific Wavecraft. And, okay. you know, now he's just uh, doing it under Roy Sanchez. But uh, the guy's just seriously talented and underground and unknown. But, like, you know, he's got a, he's got a decent little underground following. Sweet. Then tomorrow, I'm picking up a uh, 5'9 fish from Firewire. Nice. So I'm going down to have lunch with them. My board's in, so I'm picking up a 5'9 fish. Uh, so I'm super pumped on that. Uh, I haven't ridden a fish in a long time, but I saw this thing, and I was like, gosh, I think that's going with me to Mexico. I got a surf trip coming up in June with my brother. We're going to Selena Cruz. Awesome. So, you know, I'm Good taking... Time. Yeah, oh. Yeah. So I'm like, I need a new board. Yeah, and there's so many good designs, and we talk about it all the time because we're obviously surf authors. But like the quiver that we have now is so different than the quiver we had when we were kids, yeah. or even ten years ago. Or you whatever. only had like one style board back in the day, pretty much yeah. in different lengths. You know, yeah. like yeah, this one. You know, now it's yeah, the fish. Like and it, and it has its moments of where you should be riding a fish out in the lineup, and then there's some that you should be riding a six eight, you know, retro, and then there's like. You know, then you're on your high performance and, you know, there's just too many boards that look fun. And that's, I think, the goal is, you know, not to get stereotyped. Go out and have fun. And what board's going to make 
you know, make me have the most fun. Totally. That's wave, it. Wave pool experience? None yet. None. What? But I'm thriving and frothing to get into a wave pool. But, you know, it's like... It, it hasn't presented itself in yeah, a way that... Yeah. yeah. And I'm a little nervous. I, uh, I heard a Ian Cairn's story of, like, you know, going to Kelly's and he chundered on the first wave. And that was like, you know, what is that, like $2,500 down the tube <laughs> on the first wave? You yeah. know, I'm like, gosh, it's like... What if I did that? So I'm has done that. I've done it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I'm like, you know what? I don't even think I want to attempt to do that just yet. I'm still dealing with a shoulder injury, the recovery, and now my hips playing, you know. Sucks getting old. Oh, gosh. Totally sucks getting old. It's like the last three months has been like this hip injury, and I'm just like, oh, am I going to be able to surf you know, so that's why I'm kind of pulling up the fish. Yeah. Just thinking, okay, well, that'll maybe make it a little bit easy for me. Nice. <coughs> yeah. Boards. I love boards. I yeah. love boards, too. I got so, I got too many boards, man. It's like <laughs> just all over the house. And my kid is always like, Dad, you got to get rid of some of these boards. You know, it's like I, like, I, I'm, I love boards. I love surf artwork. I got books all over the place. Nice. I mean, that's cool. Just so <coughs> many pieces of memorabilia that, you know, I collect along the way. And it's just all over the house. And it's funny because people come over and they're like, you know, holy smokes. You know, it's like you have this archives, archives, literally. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's like I, I got one book that people have been trying to like steal from me, you know, and, you know, it's the it's the Michael Thompson going big book. Was, yeah. Dude, you know, I think I have that. Yeah. Yeah. It's like uh, it's, it's silver. Okay. Yeah, it's silver. Okay, if you don't, I have uh, I have a couple extra copies that I'll float you guys. Wow. Yeah, they're they're all, they go for three hundred dollars on the so internet. Nice. So um, I've Damn. collected a couple of those just to you know keep around, um, you know. But like, yeah, I love collecting that stuff just to have it and yeah, it's a history. It's so, a history. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you know. Well, we. I mean, I I love everything you've you've done, and I'm looking forward to. Lots of good stuff happening at SEMA and where yeah. you're going and, and your environmental, you know, kind of approach to, you know, helping everybody, but doing it for the love and not for, for money, you know, like a lot of people will get into something. It's like, well, I'm kind of into it, but there's, you know, I'm getting a paycheck, you know, and that's, you know, that's an easy, easy out, you know, yeah. go where the money is. And, you know, you've already, already proven and shown that you're in it for the love of it, you know, yeah. Yeah. it's awesome. Good, Not too man. bad from a kid from Bombay. Right? Yeah. Gosh, Bombay. Who would have thought a kid from Bombay surfing would be at SEMA? Yeah. I mean, like, that is, like, the most... <laughs> it's kind of mind-blowing. It is mind-blowing and kind of weird. And, yeah. Uh, you know, here's, here's another claim I think I'm going to own up, okay? And somebody can fight me on this if they want. So if you're listening and you don't agree with this, come at me. Okay. <laughs> But I think I was the first Indian, South Asian Indian surfer here in the United States. Wow. I think? I think so. Because I've never run across another South Asian surfer except my brother. And he's 11 years younger than me. But I started surfing in late 70s. Yeah. And I don't think there was another South Asian or Indian surfer. So in our Instagram post next week, we'll, we'll, we'll throw that out there. Throw it challenge. out there. Challenge. <laughs> challenge. Come come at me. You Who's know? the first Indian? Yeah, exactly. Now there's a bunch of them, you know, in yeah, India and everything. Yeah. But it's like, I like to say that I think here, yeah. you know, because I never saw anybody that res- closely resembled me in anywhere that I've ever surfed. Yeah. yeah. You know. But so, just, you know, like coming... 
from India and your parents, you know, obviously, you know, migrating to England and then here having that like, you know, American, opportunity, the American, American dream, dream, you uh -huh. know, and that stuck with you and, and you're still trying to, you know, keep that American dream going for, for everybody. Oh, I've gone beyond the American dream. I'm living the American surf dream. Yeah. I mean, are you kidding me? It's like, you know, the best industry in the world, so yeah. much fun, the friends that I've made, you know, the personal and professional experience. It's like the American dream doesn't get any better than what I've lived. Yeah. yeah. Living your passion. Yeah. Well, I think we should end it on that note right there. Dude. Love it. All right, boys. Life thank surf, you so much. Dude. Appreciate it. Yeah. I mean, incredible story. And we're stoked that you're helping run SEMA. And we, we can't wait to be the uh, MCs of the, uh, the next <laughs> event. But uh, thanks for spending time with us, man. Yeah. Episode two with Vipe, Vipester Desai. Yeah. Yee-hoo! Bonsai Bowls. Hands down the best bowls, period. Seven locations. Two in Hawaii, five in Southern California. Bonsai Bowls. Go get some. Caliente Southwest Grill. Clean, healthy Mexican food. Everything is made fresh daily using produce from local farms. Their salsa, their dressing, and even their marinades are made from fresh produce in-house, so almost all of the menu is naturally gluten-free and extremely clean. Family-owned, showing local love for 22 years. Check out their website, calientesouthwest.com, for all your party pack and catering needs. You can also call them at 949-515-0909, calientesouthwest.com. Ashland Hard Seltzer, made from all natural ingredients. No sugar, zero carbs, gluten-free. Great taste and guilt-free good times. Ashland Hard Seltzer. Shade Sunscreen, the best sunscreen for all surfers. Shade Sunscreen, it's been around since the sun. Shade, Shade. Sunscreen. Clearweather is a family-owned footwear brand started by our friends Josh and Brandon Brubaker. They are driven to create their own path in the corporate sneaker world. Less corporate, more independent. Clearweather. Clearweatherbrand.com. Fuwax is the best, ickiest, stickiest wax in the game. Fuwax. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed the show. Please give us a five-star rating and spread the word. Special thanks to our good friends, James Williams for our awesome artwork and Justin Reynolds for the amazing music.